Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're talking about a new community farm in town. The Aboto Collective is putting down roots in the West Side, a historically Black neighborhood with a serious lack of grocery stores. Cheyenne Kyle, a master gardener and classically trained chef, is planting seeds on C Street. And you can help too. It's Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. I'm Vogue Robinson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Cheyenne Kyle, thank you so much for being on CityCast Las Vegas. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I am super, super excited. This is so cool. So, Cheyenne, you got the career in, you know, working at restaurants in the Strip. How was that experience and how did it lead you to Aboto? That experience was awesome. I gained a lot. There is nothing like our hospitality industry. And for sure. It's also ruined me (laughs) from Ah. some places. Yeah. It kind of sucked for a long time. There's a lot of glass ceilings. I was always the only Black girl. I was the token. So getting promoted into positions of power was not a thing for me. At the time, it was super hurtful. It was all of these things. Um, The way that I kind of ensured my own personal growth was to acquire as many skills as I could. You know, I've realized eventually that I wasn't going to get to the position that I felt I deserved in that industry. But I was like, all right, I'm just going to make myself indispensable. I'm going to just do this private chef thing. Everybody over here on, on IG, private chef in it is fine. So I just was maintaining my job. I'll say that. I was just trying to learn as much as I could. And then boom, pandemic hit. And I was unemployed. I lost two jobs in one day, like hundreds of thousands of other people. And I ended up homeless. I ended up in a very deep depression. At that time, it was it was a very dark time for me, and it was a very low point, probably my lowest point. And I still have people from the community reaching out to me for help. Hmm. That was kind of the thing that pulled me out of my own darkness, was that with all of the resources available and all the things that are available, you still trust little old me. You know hmm. what I mean? Like Every time you found a resource, you yeah. told somebody else. And then somebody else told somebody else. And then they were like, Cheyenne knows where to get the food. Cheyenne knows how to find the resources. So your name is in the wind as the woman (laughs) who gets people food, right? I love that. (laughs) Purple Plant Bay. And if y'all don't know, Cheyenne has purple hair. So, okay, your name is in the wind. Everybody knows she gets the food. And then your name gets whispered over to the people at the Aboto Collective. Yes. What happens? Oh, goodness gracious. So essentially... At first, I kind of was just volunteering for Aboto. It really came down to them calling me. I had a conversation, a phone call with the the founders, and they basically were like, "We heard about you." And I was like, "Oh, word!" Like, you know, they were just like, uh, "Your ideas, your, you know, the way that you go out and you are of service." Because at that time, I was real guerrilla with it. I was dropping food off on people's doorstops. And, and mm. leaving before they knew that I did that. Opposite of a thief in the night. Just opposite. Mm. Opposite. All I got is bread and eggs, baby, drop it off. Like it was, I was, you know what I mean? And would knock on the door and run and people would come out and they would have, I didn't, for the longest time, I did not want anybody to know who I was. 
I just wanted people to go on thinking that there was just still good people in the world. So when Aboto reached out to me, they were really like, um, they needed somebody who had a heart for really just being the change that they wanted to see, you know, who understood that we were facing incredible mountains and didn't really matter. Aboto is a Black female-led organization. So at the end of the day, we're going to do what we need to do, you know. <laughs> Get it done, regardless. Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah said it the best, you know. Black women don't have the time to F around and find out. We don't. We're I'm too busy making stuff, making some stuff shake. You feel me? Like, mm. that's what it's going to be. A Bodo will tell you that they gave me nothing. You know what I mean? To start off with. But a Bodo gave me a voice and I never had that before. Wow. And that was the thing that I didn't know that I needed. But what was the job, Cheyenne? Let, let's go through the list of what what is your job, love? I, I created my job. My job does not exist. Um, my job has a title and my mm-hmm. job title is food programs coordinator, but nobody mm-hmm. does what I do. My three things would be program creation and development, the operation of this urban farm and the education of communities and food justice and food justice work. So had Oboto Collective purchased the land that was going to be the urban farm yet when they hired you? Yes, but the idea as what the land could be had not yet been solidified. Ah, and so you helped craft that vision. And it was super nonchalant. I was just like, we should just grow food. Let's grow food. So the farm has started. I've I've been, I've set my feet on this land. The programming has kind of begun. Mm-hmm. And that location, it's located in the historic West Side yes. on C Street. Yes. What's the significance of serving the West Side? Oh, my goodness. So like previously mentioned, the majority of this organization are all Black women. And we all have very deep roots to that neighborhood personally. That neighborhood has maintained the highest rates of food insecurity in Clark County for generations. Hmm. But as a person who had lived there for my adolescence, I can tell you firsthand. And then when you when you invest in agriculture, you are twice as likely to pull a community out of poverty. And hmm. I was like, I want to see that. And I think that it was really important for the West Side to see people come in who looked like them own land. We own that land, FYI. <laughs> yes, that's um, my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, right. So to, to see that somebody acquired a piece of land and didn't turn it into a terribles, that somebody acquired a piece of land and didn't rip it down and rip down the history of that building or, you know what I mean? Like someone mm-hmm. came into this space, they saw this dead, desolate, blighted piece of land. And they literally watched me for months build it up. I wanted that for them. Mm -hmm. I'm very for you cannot expect somebody to do something you were not doing. You were not willing to do yourself. And that's beautiful. And that's solid leadership, you know, that you're present. So when I think about that, that plot of land in the middle of the community, like there are homes surrounding Mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's got this beautiful little building on the side that will eventually be a place for food and things to be served. But Mm -hmm. how has the community interacted with your farm so far? It has been fantastic. It's just, it's like an episode of Atlanta. Like, I love (laughs) it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's so real and it's so much fun. There's some rough things I see over there too, but... It doesn't take away from anything. Like, you got to count it all joy. But the community has, 
I feel like it's still very foreign to them, which I'm okay with. But every once in a while, like I get people that come by, they ask me what, the, what I'm doing. We chop it up. They tell me about how they had their first kiss on that corner and they first fight, <laughs> they first fight on the other corner. And it's so much history and it's so much love because I, I always feel like there's so many people like myself who walk around with stuff to say that don't get the opportunity to get heard. Mm. So if someone is willing to share with me something that was special to them, I really be in my soul like, you just need somebody to hear you today, baby. And I'm going to be that person. You know what I mean? Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. Okay, let's talk about other things I think about. When I think about farming in Las Vegas, it don't sound right, Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you, no, this you did the thing with the water and the dirt. Like, this is clay we're working mm-hmm. with in mm-hmm. Vegas. So I don't think about a flourishing garden. Mm-hmm. What kind of food can a person actually grow in Vegas? We have some of the best weather for growing food. I'm going to just put it out there. We have more growing days than any other state in the continental U.S. Put that out there. You know. Oh my gosh. Because, right, There's no frost. Oh my she God. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're cute. I love the excitement. I really <laughs> my brain just exploded. The amount, I, I would say that the thing where people misconstrue is that because it's a desert, you can't grow food in the desert. It's too hot to grow food. Mind you, My homies, you know what I mean, our our Southern Paiute indigenous fam out here have been thriving in this space for generations. So it's not that you cannot grow. It's just that you have to, again, be able to acclimate. So even in the course of our class, the way that I teach is so that people have the knowledge to acclimate. I want you to be able to do this regardless of whatever your circumstance or situation is, right? So some of the things that we can grow, like tomatoes, cherry tomatoes do very well, sauce tomatoes, romas like that, big beefsteak tomatoes, they don't do too well because tomatoes are very, very picky. Mustards do fantastic out here. Okay. So anything in the nightshade family. So tomatoes, bell peppers, uh, tomatillos, those all do very well. Carrots, Brussels, broccoli, that like there's so many things. So let's let's plan for now. Like, what would you plant? right now? So right now, it would be those things. So my nightshades, I would do some tomatoes, some bell peppers. I would do some peas. There is a beautiful woman named Miss Estella that's 94 that I love. (laughs) And she loves purple peas. So I'm growing some purple peas for Miss Estella. 
Um, I will do kale. I will do carrots. I will do um, some radishes. I will do some tomatillos, some poblanos, some chilies. I love chili peppers. You should always grow what you eat. Just grow what you eat. Grow the things you like to, to eat. Um, and then as the weather, because we only got a spring, we only have spring for about 45 seconds. So as those things kind of start to uh, come towards the end of their harvest, that's when you want to start planting like okra and eggplant and these things that love 100 plus degree weather. They love that weather, but they also provide a canopy so you can grow other things underneath them. So you can grow okra, which grows a nice, beautiful shrub that is just, it's so pretty. And, oh, I grow some bomb okra, y'all, like subtle flex, but I do. So um, mm-hmm. some okra, and then you could put like maybe some more delicate tender lettuces or some spinach or some other things underneath because that covering will make sure that the soil is cool. So things nice. that normally would not be able to survive, if you're growing a cover crop, they can, they have a little bit more longevity. Nice. Oh, I love it. Come on, science nerd. (laughs) Bill Nye did right by me. Bill (laughs) Nye did right by me, honey. Yes. So let's talk more about this community farm because we think about urban gardens all the time. I think that's a typical term, but I don't think about a community farm. So what's the distinction and why? Why a farm? That is an awesome question. When we were first doing our, you know, community impact studies and surveys and stuff like that, we were building a garden. We thought that's what we were building. We were building a garden as how we think about what a community garden is, right? You know, rentable plots, all of this, all of that. As I dove a little deeper and was introduced to different spaces, I kind of started to realize that I needed to focus on what was severely lacking, which is the access and the affordability to food in this specific community. So that's that's where it went from being a community garden to a community farm. Our farm is focused on food production. Mm-hmm. And that food production does not just include humans. It includes all of the native biological life that helps to maintain our environment here in this desert. Okay. There's about 25,000 people, give or take, that live in the 89106. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like this farm will be able to provide food for everyone? I think that this farm can provide food for a lot, for sure. Everyone, Mm -hmm. no, but I only have half an acre. And this is just the beginning. And it was never, to keep it a buck, it was never intended to feed the entire community. Mm -hmm. It is an agri-hub so that I can create a bunch of other people who can grow this and know this for themselves. I don't want to be the hoarder of this knowledge. I want Mm. everybody else to be empowered by this knowledge. Not everybody got to be a farmer, but I do want them to have the skill set and the understanding and the know-how to be able to provide for themselves and their family, regardless of whatever situation. I'm there for the days that you work late and you're, you know, you couldn't water your tomatoes so now your tomato died. Or you're picking up your babies and you don't want to walk all the way to the Smiths on, on, uh, what is that, Rancho and Charleston? Because legit, where is there another large grocery store where you can do your one-stop shopping? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's part of the issue, you know? So I want to I wanna be there to stand in Dang, the gap. Is that the closest grocery store? I'm trying to think. We have Mario's, but Mario's is a market. Mario's is not a... Shout out to Mario. Love Mario. Yeah, but, I understand. You know, 
Mario's is a market. We have lots of gas stations. There is the store that was uh, Bilo that became Fresh and Less that be- is now Carter's. Again, as a person who I went to Canyon, you know what I mean? I lived over there in the Sunset Palms apartments, right over there across the street from Jets, right by uh, what is it, True Love Ministry. Mm-hmm. I know that because I had to walk to these stores. I know that because I had to experience what that was like buying your produce from gas stations because that's the only other thing that's available and it's not like it's the best you know mm. but it it had to do so right. um i just want to be there to offer that you know for for those individuals but i want more so for them to be inspired and intrigued by it and 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 kind of be like i can do this if i want to and i know how to do this because this crazy purple haired black girl is out here screaming at me about these plants, <laughs> <laughs> telling me, asking me, I'm out here slinging, you know what I mean? Literal mustard seeds and everything. So, well, come on then, Faith. So <laughs> let's, let's I dream just, then. Give me the dream, mean? Cheyenne, in oh, five years. Oh my goodness. What's happening at the Abodo farm? What um, does it look like? Ooh, five years from now, mm-hmm. five years from now, that place is enveloped in lush, beautiful life. I want hollyhock plants on my fences, all of my beautiful fruit trees to be planted. I mean, to be blossoming and sprouted. I want everything. I want year round growing, which is what I do anyway. I want (laughs) art all over our building. I I want us to be able to walk past that space and harvest aloe vera and someone take that aloe vera and go make a cold compress for their grandma or something. I want you to be able to walk past here and and say, you know what? I didn't need some mint for dinner and snap it through the gate. Snap it with your shears because you know how to do it properly because you've been taught. Exactly. Because Mm -hmm. eventually Mm -hmm. I will have QR codes that give you short, cute little videos that show me actually harvesting things so that you could go ahead and be like, oh, this is how I do it. And here's where I cut. I want to hire people from the community. I want to start a delivery service. I want the whole entire delivery service to be people where we all know each other. I want Mm -hmm. to be able to have all these other gardens that I am helping to build up and um, all these other individuals that I'm helping to educate. I want us to have huge harvest parties where we come together and we barter for food. No exchange, no money exchange. If you got carrots and I got greens, how mm-hmm. many carrots can I get for this bag of greens? Oh, I just, I have lots of big dreams, <laughs> lots of big goals. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Cheyenne, so good to talk to you. I look forward to coming back to the farm and Thank learning you. more from you. Thank I will you. talk to you again soon. I hope so. I loved having you. Please come and visit me again soon. Before you go, a few things you should know. Today, the Las Vegas City Council could approve regulations for cannabis lounges within city limits. Clark County has already approved its regulations, while Henderson and North Las Vegas won't allow lounges at all. Meanwhile, CCSD officials say the district plans to replace some 9 million square feet of live grass with fake turf over the next six years. It'll cost $300 million and... They say it'll save 500 million gallons of water.
That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Are you growing anything in your garden this spring? Do you have friends who want to grow with Cheyenne? Send this episode their way. Then rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care. This is the this is where I'm at with my life right now. Like, if you're not trying to come over, let me do a nice little sexy charcuterie board. Mm-hmm. Post up on this, pull out IKEA couch, yes. and watch anime with, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and just sit here and have deep revelations Look, and conversations. Date your friends. This is the date. This is I the friend this. date of dreams. Look.